Hello, my name is Brendan Decora, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, Pro Audio Profiles. Here, I'm going to interview recording engineers, mixers, producers, and others in the pro audio field. Together, we're going to learn how you can make amazing records that can give your listeners goosebumps. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we have Chad Gordon. He's a Grammy-nominated engineer and producer who has credits with Disclosure, Wiseblood, and Kendrick Lamar, among many more. Enjoy. Thank you for being here on the show. All right. It's great to have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've known each other a long time now. and uh, 10 years, maybe? Has it been that long? Almost 10 years? Yeah, I guess it has now, yeah. It's been a long it's time. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's great to have My you. My identical twin brother? Yes. <laughs> Often re- referred to as Brother Brendan. <laughs> uh, the main premise behind the the podcast is, you know, how to inspire artists to, you know, get great recordings that, you know, give people goosebumps or whatever. And obviously, you know, as engineers, mixers, producers, whatever, like, we have a role in that. Um, but I just wanted to know, like, if there's anything in particular that you... Uh, if there's like a process for preparing an artist for the session that you do or anything like that? I mean, so I guess maybe that harkens back when I went to school 10 or so years ago is that I was always wondering how to do that myself. So I was wondering how, how do you, how does, what kind of side chain or whatever magic mixing, it's like the whole thing's not that complicated. You have to get a good instrument. You have to get a good song. You have to get a good player. You put mics there and it sounds pretty much great, you know? Right. With the, all those ingredients. Or, well, yeah. And and you have to, you just have to not get in the way, you know? And you know, as well as I do, working at East West with those rooms and those mics and that gear, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of, if you start with a great palette like that, yeah, then you get goosebumps instantly. It's like mixing that. I mean, that's why you book a place like that. It exactly. makes it so easy. Exactly. It's like, you know, okay, we're going to spend the extra money and go here because I know that all I have to do is push up the fader and you look like a genius. We're done. Yeah. What a great engineer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, in turn, that inspires the artist. It's like you, they right. walk in, they hear amazing headphone mix, everything right. else. Right. It's, Makes it easy. There's right, no exactly. Why, you know, so many amazing recordings that come out of that building. So I mean it, it makes it so, so much easier. And yeah. when I when I discovered that it's like, you know, you get the right elements and you just so yeah, right, push up the faders really. Right. And they'll boost a bunch of EQ and do compress and you know, do this. You know, it has <laughs> to be a pull tech with this type of transformer. Yeah. You, uh, switch the tubes out, then it sounds it's like yeah. Screw all that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the basics here. Right. And if you can get those right, it's just, it's so easy. So that, I mean, that actually ties into one of my other questions is, what do you do if you, you know, have to work with an artist that doesn't have a big budget that you have to work in a subpar studio? Like, what are some things that you look out for? Well, I mean, great question. Um <laughs> That's where all this knowledge that we've gained by working at East West 
comes into play. It's so easy when you're at East West. It's yeah. definitely not easy if you're somewhere where you don't even know what you're listening to with the speakers. Right. right. So it's just, you know, the monitoring is a, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, you have to, hopefully they have a couple sets. You can go in between this and that. You can pull in headphones. Other than that, you sort of just have to trust instinct. And if you have basic mics, that doesn't really matter. But, you know, you've seen enough good drum kits that you know what a good drum kit sounds like. Mm-hmm. And you've probably worked on drums so much that you can make a subpar drum set sound better. Right. Um, and I guess the other the other takeaway is that you can you can at least have faith that when you go to these places that are maybe subpar, that you know at least if you record all of the things with the mics in the right spot, that you can take it home and put the next yeah. level of icing on it. And it's also like not everyone wants the most polished, shiny recording either. Like there's a lot of people Well, I that... really I don't. I <laughs> yeah. love things that so- technically sound like shit. <laughs> uh, some of the because it, it's a vibe. It's really cool. You know? Exactly. There's a lot like even when mixing, it's like, you know, the best sounding thing is not always the answer. Right. You know, as right. long as it's a really cool sound and it's right. inspiring, it fits the song, your job's done, you know? Exactly. So. Sometimes we were I was with an artist the other day and we were timing i think a cowbell or something okay and it was like you know we can time these all but and we ended up timing of just a few but the out of place hits was the vibe at least at least that was what i was digging right um but we ended up timing a few but you know like those velvet underground albums you know technically sound like hell yeah a lot of of records a lot of it exactly exactly and you know that's what I like noise. Mm-hmm. You know, work I worked for Sean Everett a couple of times and it's like he embraces the noise and the right. and the and the the ugly things. And and I love that. Yeah. Well, cuz like I said, it's like there's, you know, we're not making orchestral records or right. jazz records where we want the most pristine thing, you know. I mean, right. Obviously, we do make those as well. Yeah. That's to to you know, to be considered with those as well, right. but you know, most of the time People are not looking for that. You know, right, they want right. that fatness, that saturation, right. that whatever, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this the, the whole saturation game now, there's a new saturation plug yeah. every week now. Exactly. And they can even <laughs> they can even bait me into buying a new one. It's like <laughs> I don't need a new one. Yep, I, I yep. kinda only need like one, really. Right. Um yeah. but honestly, I still find myself going back to Decapitator. Like that's kind of all. Well, you that need. was the one I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. I, I typically just leave it on that first button, which right. I think is, I think it's an Ampex or something. Ampex? I don't even know. I don't. I don't really know. Great. Either. So it's like just drive. Cool. Oh, you need more punish yep. button and yep. to taste. That's awesome. And you can you can almost get everywhere sort of with that. Yeah. And if you if you can't, then you, you can pull up those other. Of course. Million and that that, you that, uh, that ties back into another one of the things that I like to you know, share. And what I've, the biggest thing that I've learned is it really is the cooking, not the kitchen. You know, it's about the tools you use. It's like, you can, you know, I've been on sessions where I was assisting where, you know, the a guy came in to mix and they didn't like the outboard gear in the room. So he brought in a ton of rental gear and separate pro tools rigs and like mountains of all this stuff. And granted 
He made a great sounding mix. Don't get me wrong. It sounded awesome. Did he need all that crap? The next day, the next client came in, plugged in two reverbs and used nothing but the console. It sounded 10 times better. It sounded just as good. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, it doesn't matter, you know? Absolutely. I mean, within reason, obviously. If you're stuck with, you know, some lame thing that's terrible, then you can only go so far. But if you have any quality piece of gear, it's like, you know, you can, as long as you know what you're doing. I mean, I, I. It's funny, us coming up at East West, we are very privileged to have seen the best and the worst. People come in and they think they need to use all the upward gear. Yeah. And and I know, because I've seen them use all the upward gear and I've seen them use none of the upward gear, I know that the upward gear a lot of times can just get in the way and cause problems. Mm-hmm. I always monitor out one and two at, at, at any, any right. of these studios right. because I don't want the monitor section telling me that there's some noise there that's right. not there. I don't need to, I don't want to waste any time on that. Yeah. I don't want to mix some on section. I, I just yep. want to know what I'm getting. Exactly. Um, and all of that stuff can, can massively get in the way, especially right. if it's vintage gear. You never know what it could yep. go down. If you're in the middle of the take yep. and yep. you know, something's going yep. spitting tube noises right. at you, you've, you've then sort of <laughs> failed your job there, you know? So, I don't want people to think that you shouldn't use all of this outboard right. gear. It's very, it's very and that's, fun. But that's the that's the beauty is like because we've worked at all these amazing studios, it's like we know that yeah, obviously the great gear makes a difference, but you know, at the same time, we have the experience to know. It's like there's a lot of people that have only ever worked at home. Like there's right. So many times I can't even count a client will come into the studio and be like Wow, that's an 1176. I've right. never seen one in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, because that's all they know. Is, right. You know, and we walk in and we're stuff. like, oh, usual suspects. Right. Like, I like, mean, do everything. LA2A, 1176. Yeah, there's Fairchild over there. Put the Fairchild on it, like, whatever. Right. You know, we're used to that. And a lot of times, sadly, it's like, don't put the Fairchild on it because you never know what's, that when it works, it is the greatest. Yeah. But if it messes up on that, if you put it yeah. on this very special element that you need. Yeah. And it craps out at the wrong moment. <laughs> it could be the kiss of death. Yeah. Um, you know, so. But that being said, I mean, it's also another thing I want to talk about is, you know, working with clients with varying levels of, of expertise in that stuff. Right, right. And you if know. you have, I guess if you have the budget to spend mm-hmm. the time and do that stuff. Right. Let's rock. And if the client understands, like, okay, you know, I know that, you know, this thing is vintage and right. sounds amazing when it's working, but it's a risk. Let's still use it, you know, versus the guy that, yep. you know, doesn't know any better. Is like, I'm paying all this money to be here. Why do we have to do it again? All this stuff should work. Oh, like, man, that's the worst. Because it's a vintage studio. I like, know. You're paying to be here because it's vintage. Like, I had someone know. walk in, the, uh, the other, not the other day, this was maybe like a year ago, and he's like, why is everything so old? <laughs> okay, you well, you clearly don't get it, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I'll ex- we'll explain it to you, right, you know. Right. And obviously, that's another thing you pay for at those studios is, yes, all the, vi- the equipment is vintage, but they have the text to back it up. Totally. You know, so yep. the, a lot of the time it's working in great condition and Especially you don't have to worry about that. Especially, of course. It's, it's almost you know? always working pristine. Yeah. And if it so, goes down, it's going to be working tomorrow. Right. And that's, you know, when you work in a cheaper studio, they may have vintage shit, but Half of it may be broken, like you don't uh, well, even know. It's probably like, all, all yeah, is broken. Yeah. So. Oh, well, those two channels work. Right. The rest of the desk, <laughs> kind of just for looks. Right, right. Um, so 
I know sometimes you produce, sometimes you mix, sometimes you engineer. What do you, um, can you discuss, discuss your role in helping an artist develop their overall sound for the record? Well, it's always different. Um, I, I like to start with, you know, obviously what's the song. Let's, let's pull the song up and let's take a listen. Let's see where, what we can do with it. Um, but I'm, I'm not really technically musically inclined. I'm not a music theory person. Mm-hmm. That's sort of not my bag. Yeah. Um, so it's, for me, I like to, I like to, you know, start with what's the song. Okay. Well, Let's listen to some music. Let's see. Let's what what direction do you want to go in, and then we'll get a game plan. And and it's it's really always, you know, let's get what kind of drum sound is gonna you know suit this tune, right? Or what kind of bass sound? I know what I like, so I I always a lot of time put my, you know, I I've got a I got a sixty seven Ludwig over here nice. that I just got, so it's like that for a drum kit is almost always going to work. But if it's yeah. not, you know, let's, let's try different snares for sure. Mm-hmm. The, the, the shells, you know, the, the kit is typically always going to work. So, you know, different snares, different symbols, right. Bass is going to be, if it was up to me, I would almost always use the, the, the violin hollow with flats on there. Oh, the Hofner. That's just what really? I, that's just what I love. <laughs> Damn dude. That's what okay. I love. But you know, because you know, everyone uses a P bass. Yes, everyone, everyone uses a P bass because it's solid. It's, it's so good. That's the sound that everyone wants. It's like it's so great. There's so many times I'm on a session and you know they you know say give me a reference for the bass sound and right. it's like well you use some you know other weird bass <laughs> right. like where's the P bass right like, exactly exactly just plug in a P bass and that's the sound P so. bass and I and I'm, I'm I'm about to purchase one of those. Uh, you know, Mustangs that do the P and the J, oh, yeah, the, cool. the PJ. Right. Um, it's because it's short. I'm more of a guitar player, right. so it's a short scale, and, it, and right. it can do both of those things. So it can do a smattering of different things. Okay. But you know, you get you get a cool bass, you get a cool drum, you yeah. get a get, get a cool guitar tone, and what else do you need? Job's really? Done. Exactly. Yep. Job's done. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the the thing that I am trying to push a couple of bands that I'm working with now to do is, is like, um, let's try and let's track, let's track basics live, you know, like, like East, like East West. Right. And, and I'm set up here at home that I can, I can do that. I could do full drum kit, mic'd nice. up bass, a couple of guitars. Cool. Let's get a bass. Let's get a base of, of core things going. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have the feel that's that's so great. Everyone in the room can look at each other and be like, "That was the one." Right. And then you put some keys, and you put a couple of vocal right. dubs, and you put a couple of you know space Obviously, echo tracks or right, something. Of you know. Obviously, it depends on the the track and the what artist the thing too. Is. Yeah, but yeah. do you you know do that and then also go back and redo the guitars and layer a bunch of shit? Sometimes, if that. you have to. Yeah. I like like the other day it was, um, we did that here and we sort of. We sort of got the take, but I was like, let's get some safety drums. So we sort of, I just put it on loop and we all went upstairs and sort of had, you know, a couple couple of beers or something. Mm -hmm. And the drummer just did like four more takes. So he ended up choosing something we didn't do live, which is fine. But the one we had live was great. Um, So it was like 
you want to choose that one, then I'm on board. It sounds great. Yeah. Cool. So just it's always it's always yeah. different. And it also depends, obviously, if like how much of a live feel they're going for. Like if right. it's like not always not even on the click, or if they're a little loose with the timing, right, right. like. It's important to get it all live together. I mean, if you're doing it that you way, know. you've got the players have got to be good enough to yeah. to do it all. Yeah. So you know, there's otherwise that. it's like okay, lock if, it to the click. Right. Going to edit stuff. If the players aren't good enough to do that, then that's not going to really fly. <laughs> right. You know. But I went yeah. to. It's funny. I went to solo the drums to show to show one of the guitar players. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, check it out. And I was like, wanting to hear the guitar bleeding there. I'm like, oh. I guess we're not using the live take, which is you're fine, you know. But yeah. um, yes, but sometimes it's all about the bleed. Like that's what I well, that's know? that's part of the the sauce that that I want to capture with doing the band live is right. that that little bit of bleed that mm. like this the Stones and every in the yeah. Velvet Underground and everyone had yeah. back in the day. Um, that's part of the old, you know, the old sound. If I had the money, I'd get a 24 track tape machine down here. Yeah. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully soon I'll just. Well, they're cheap now. You could do it. <laughs> <sighs> well, everything's going up right. in price. Well, you need a console with it too. Though. Right, That's right, the problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you know, I I can, but you know, having the knowledge from East West, yeah. I can I can get, I can get those sounds with minimal gear. Yeah. Um, where 10 years or 10, 15 years ago, Absolutely. I thought it was black magic. I thought that, yeah. how, how, right. how, how are they doing this? It's like, well, first of all, they got a ton of money. They go rent a <laughs> very expensive studio yeah. with the best gear. For six months. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. They bring in, you know, Angel City Drums or Drum Doctor or whoever, yeah. get all the best kits. Mm -hmm. You know, you get all, you get, you know, all the best session players. That's like, crazy. oh, well, of yeah. course it sounds phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Right. Now that's. I mean, it's also about, you know, coming back to, like, clients with different levels of expertise. Like, sometimes you have to educate your clients a little bit, you know. Whether it be, okay, we want to track it all live. We want the real organic feel. Right. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's going to be bleed. And if you want right. to go back and edit a bunch of stuff and take from different takes, right. this may be fucked up, you know. Yeah, and, and that's, that's I think, a, a lot of the time, the most heavy lifting of these sessions happens in the days previous with those conversations. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because you say, they tell you what they want to do and they say, this is, this is, this is what we want to do. And you picture the room and you know how many ISOs in there, right. in there, you know, how many channels, you know, how many channels that are good. You know, how much bleed is going to be you in, know the, how much, in the drums. You know, all that stuff. So you, 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 you write down what they want to do. Then you write down your list of mm -hmm. the conversations that you then need to have. And then you have them and you sort of work out, you know, so when, so when you get to the studio and you, you setting all this stuff, this is before the client comes, mm -hmm. you're setting up everything, you're checking everything three times, you're, it's all in the prep work so that when they walk in, you can hit record and yep. it's, it's like, whoa. So that they're inspired whoa. when they walk in. They're and not... then, and then you can go and get your breakfast and your coffee. Exactly. Like, all right. Well, all the hard work is done. Now we just get to yeah. sort of have fun. Exactly. And that's the point is skipping all the boring, you know, plugging in the cable and oh, checking stuff out. And you do not you know, want to be wanna, sweating. You want to skip straight to the creative parts. 
Hundred percent. Keep everyone motivated. Hundred percent. Inspired. And you don't want to be. You don't want to be tripping over yourself and sweating in front in front of these people. That too. You. Yeah. That's uh, that's a surefire way to have them not call you again. Absolutely. As as you well know, you know, like (laughs) like it's 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 happened to all of us. You know. Right. It's like okay. Yeah. I made that mistake. I am not making that mistake anymore. Yeah. That actually ties into one of the next questions is. Is there, I mean, maybe not an example, but, you know, a, a time when you had to deal with a particularly challenging artist and how you motivated them to deliver a, a better performance? Where do I go with this one? <laughs> I mean, there's just, you know, we've both worked with everyone. We've seen it all. Sometimes people ask me these questions. I just, I blank because... <laughs> I, I I literally can't remember what last week was. You know what did I even do the week prior to that? I I don't know. A problematic experience where I coached them out of it. I mean, it's sort of it's sort of every every day in a way. Every session. It's, it's yeah. every. It's that's yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot psychological. Absolutely. We've had this conversation before. It's that mm-hmm. like you know when we're teaching the runners whatever to look, these cables have to look nice because right. when this artistic person walks in yeah, and they see a mess, they see a mess. They don't even know why they're frazzled, but mm-hmm. they can't perform yeah. at their highest level because yeah. it's a mess. Yeah. If it's all clean even and nice. The and lighting is weird. The lighting. The, I mean, the, it's the AC is too cold or like, there's so many little things like the lighting I think is, is a massive one. Yeah. Especially I, I'm always, you know, part of this prep of the room and the gear and all this mm-hmm. is like the final layer for me is going over to the to the to the to the light switches and sort of dimming them per- just perfect. Right. You know, if it's t- if it's too early in the day, you don't want to be to be too dark. Of course. Because you know you You're don't tired. want to seem like midnight and be tired, mm-hmm. but you still want it to be dim and vibey. It's it's just so yeah. psychological. It's almost every level of it is you're coaching someone's. Right. I don't want to say ego, but you know, you're yeah. well, it's a they're all creative people. So it's like you have to you have to tie into that. You know, right. you have to be aware of that to make sure that, you know, everyone's comfortable and happy right. and so. it's it is all of those things, as you know, matter so much. Oh yeah. So much. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an instance where where I sort of coached someone into a better thing, but it's hard to say because you're every set. I mean, it's it's almost every session where you're sort of right. Like, okay, well, they seem a little miffed, or you know, you're <laughs> you're always, you know, can I get you a coffee? Can I get you a tea? Anything you want? That's mm. a big one too. Coffee, tea, water. Mm. You ask everyone that the instant you see them, can I get you something? Right. It doesn't matter if you're the biggest producer engineer. Makes you feel I mean, welcome. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I mean. Now I can chill. Now right. I got my coffee. I got my tea. I can chill. Right. Absolutely. Uh, is there a, how do you handle creative differences with artists and, you know, ensure a positive outcome for both parties? <sighs> Great hard hitting questions here. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, I was sort of having this conversation with a band the other day that, you know, they sort of, they sort of have differences and they got to work through them. And, 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 and one of the, one of the biggest takeaways of working with a lot of successful artists, groups, bands mm-hmm. is that 
they're almost never fighting with each other. If you're if you're successful, you don't have to. You, you're you you've figured out a way to sort of coexist with with mm-hmm. your. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't. I mean, you, you know, you can't have longevity with with the with a group or a band that you're in if you guys are always fighting, yeah. guys, gals, I should say, and. I guess if you are in a band that that does that, I mean, you yeah. be stressed out all the time. <laughs> it's just right. it's not a recipe. What was the question? I, I now. I, I well, mean, it's more creative differences instead of fist creative fights, creative but. differences. I mean, <laughs> you just have to. What I do is I say, let's try them both. Let's try them all. Let's yeah. let's grab them. Let's re- let's record that idea and let's record that idea, and. We'll have them both. We don't have to decide right now. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get them both, and you know we can even mute them both for now, and just decide right. later. Right. It's nice to sort of have everyone come to an instant decision, yeah. but but you know sometimes it takes recording both to be like, oh well, yeah, okay, right. That well, that sometimes you absolutely to, you, doesn't work. Sometimes you have to give them a rope to hang themselves with. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> I want like, it to be panned this way and this way. That's a terrible idea, and I know why, <laughs> right. but you don't. So here, I'll show you. Right. You it's know? <laughs> it's so it's so much easier to say, well, let's try it exactly, and hit record, than have that twenty minute conversation. Yeah. Like it'll exactly. take three minutes to record that horrible idea, but yeah. you know, yeah. let's just let's grab it. Let's let's you know it's not going to work. Of course, it's not going to work. But right. you know. I sound like a horrible person right now. No, no, no. It's true. I started it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's about you know the psychology of it. It's keeping people happy. It's keeping it the is, vibe light. You know, it's like not creating unnecessary conflict. You know, we're both kind of chill guys. Like that's I feel that's, like why that's exactly why we're successful in this because that's we sort of don't get bothered by the drama. You know, exactly. And I and I explain that to a lot of the up and coming. Um, cats at mm-hmm. at the studio is that I'm not the smartest technical guy. I don't. I can't open up one of these pieces of gear and take a soldering iron and, and right. you know I don't know what type of tube or transformer. And, and frankly, I don't really care. Right. But one thing I'm great at is sort of being sort of chill. You yeah. know, if if I if someone pisses me off in the studio, I can I can take the blow. Right. I'll go out in the hallway and curse them out. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll curse them to anyone who will listen. <laughs> right. But but you're going to maintain your, your calm in the studio. I'm and, here to do a job, you yeah, know? Yeah. And and I, I love making music. And as you well know, we have to take the shit gigs and and we take the good gigs. And right. But we're not going to get any of the gigs if we become the person who no one will call. Yeah. And so one thing I've found even recently is there's sometimes very difficult clients. And at first glance, you're dealing with these people and it's like, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, screw this guy. Like, you know, I just don't even want to deal, but you put on that, you know, calm. Okay. Let's, you know, be nice, be cool. And that in turn turns into like amazing clients. They're like, it totally changes their vibe. Hundred percent. They understand, and they like you, and you end up starting a long relationship. Exactly. With them. So you never really know, right? You know what what will happen. So. Exactly. Some some of the some of the calls you get in the beginning, you say, "Oh my god, this yeah. is gonna be this is an, gonna be a nightmare." This is I could <laughs> I've seen this movie before. Yeah. I can see the train coming right at me. 
this is going to be a horrible day tomorrow. Right. But yeah, like you said, sometimes that can be, okay, well, I, I understand why they're so frazzled. Right. Yeah. They just want the best thing or... They're stressed you know, out, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, you mm-hmm. never know what someone's going through. Um, so yeah. you, you got to you gotta be an even keel person. You got to be able to, mm-hmm. you got to be able to just sort of, another thing that, that I do is, you know, a lot of time I have to sit there and think a little bit before I speak. Okay. They, uh, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> I need to go grab a cable for this. Just give me a moment and I'll, I'll step out and say, okay. What do I need to do here? <laughs> Let me think. Okay, and then you get your game plan. Found the cable. You know, right. you don't. You didn't need it. You go. Yeah. You're kind of plugging something in, and yep. and off we go. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I just want to take a quick break and tell you about my free guide detailing my techniques for recording huge snare sounds. Check it out now at brandondecora.com/slash/huge-snare. And now back to the show. So, is there a uh... Any current or recent projects that you want to highlight? Um, I got to. I was I was on a bunch of Grammy nominated stuff this year. Nice. Worked on the Kendrick thing with phenomenal producers. Nice. Um, that won a couple, didn't it? It won. It won a rap album, and okay. it won. I think song the song, which I didn't work on the song. Um, that won. I think it won a few, and I yeah. I, but that means you won. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> sure. sure. I don't. You know, I'll take Mr. it. Sure. Mr. Grammy winning. Sure. Engineer. Yeah. Statue. No, it's not there. Um, the, the I worked a little bit on the Lizzo thing, which oh, is cool. great. It was nice. it was an amazing experience. Um, I did maybe four or five days with Mark Ronson, but none of that stuff made it. Um, mm-hmm. But I did a session with. Um, his name escapes me right now. Uh, an engineer at East West, and we did drums for one of the songs in Studio okay. Two, which was great. Okay, I worked with uh, David Boucher mm-hmm. for the Encanto movie. Oh, cool. That was nominated for a few. I think that might have won a few. Nice. Um, the the uh, the Edgar Winter album. Oh, you worked on that. I worked on that. Nice. I worked with um. Beck's dad, David Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Have you worked with him? I've worked, yeah. Super he's, he's cool. Amazing. We did yeah. strings in Studio Two. Yeah. Um, great. A, a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, there was one more. I and I I didn't realize that I worked on the Doja Cat Post Malone song. Okay. Um, Blake, the the owner of East West, hit me up and said, "Oh, you worked on you worked on this one too." And I said, oh, "Okay." I, Right. I, I had no idea. I didn't. So where's all your plaques, man? Well, I know. Well, well, now they cost a hundred bucks each. Yeah, they've always cost a hundred bucks. Each. No, they used to cost fifty bucks each. The 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 pieces of paper from the Grammy thing. Oh, those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to... just the gold records. Oh, those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hold off and yeah. fill my room with gold records. All right. Um, but oh, you know, okay. I'm I'm not the most major player in all of these things, but. Still, um, you know, it's I, still an accomplishment. It's a, I, I consider it a, a great um, honor and accomplishment to have, to have worked on these very special projects. Yeah. Um, another one I worked on recently was this artist, Wise Blood. We okay. worked in Studio Three and um, with uh, Jonathan Rado, Andrew Sarlo, the Lemon Twigs, hmm. um, and um, Joy Warnaker came in and played on on a tune. Nice. And then we went and did strings in Studio One. It was sort of 
as far as scenarios for making albums, sort of my dream scenario because it, it was all live band in Studio Three. Nice. You know, magic room, yeah. especially if you get the right right players and the right of instruments. Yeah. All to tape. Nice. So it's like basics with great players to tape. And then, you know, we did, a, a, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine songs or something like that. Right. And then you take that all and put strings on it in Studio One. Nice. It's just, I mean, it's, awesome. it's the dream scenario. Yeah. It's it's Absolutely. the way that I wish I could work all the time. Every but, record. Yeah. Uh, every, but, you know, <laughs> you got to work with budgets and things. Absolutely. So you got to figure yeah. out how to make those records in a bedroom which yeah. is a it's a fun experience as well and it's absolutely the challenge is 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 um the challenge is real <laughs> but uh, it's using that experience from those projects to now you know okay you record in this in the bedroom it sounds like crap but hey let's make it cool or let's right. tweak a sound or whatever right. you know like you're saying and i'm working with this band who is um sort of started another band and now they're back it's band Blanco Nino, phenomenal talent. Um, we're just finishing mixing an album right now, and then we're going to start the next album, hopefully pretty quickly, and uh, I think we're going to do it that live tracking way. Awesome. Um, they were part of the group that played on the other thing I did here, and um, cool. everyone was like, whoa, this is this is such a great way to work. Yeah. Um, so we're going to attempt to do the new album that way. Nice. Um, I'm working, I'm doing mixing for this band rinse and repeat. It's sort of, you know, sort of heavy. It's, I'm, I'm, it's hard to describe the music, but it's, 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 it's kind of hard, but it's super fun. It has like, uh, you know, sort of, um, what's that band? Uh, what's that band? Uh, Devo. It sort of okay. has a Devo, but more, more. Nice. It's more intense. <laughs> right, right. It's great. Nice. Um, we're mixing their EP. Um, there's, there's so many things. Cool. It's the uh, Yamaha. I've been working with nice. Yamaha a bunch. Okay. Which has put me in the room with uh, Greg Fillingaines. Nice. On uh, with Nathan East yep. and you know just working All with those cats. cats. Yeah. I did a session the other day That's with great. Pino Palladino. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talk about the best in the business. <laughs> absolutely. With those names right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. That's enough. That's yeah, enough. right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you could go right. on and on and on. It's <laughs> no. I can't remember what I did last week. It came <laughs> to me. <laughs> awesome. So uh, the I've been ending each podcast with the same few questions for everyone. Um, uh, the first one is, what has been your most influential teacher? Um. That's a tough one because I've I've been so lucky to have. I mean, you taught me a ton coming up at East West. I mean, <laughs> you know, shout out to Brendan. This guy's really the king. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I have. I, I went to Blackbird Academy or mm -hmm. Blackbird School of Audio yep. in Nashville, um, and had some amazingly talented people teach me um, over there. Um, That's a tough one, man. There's okay. just there's so there's so many people. Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm someone who didn't stumble into just sounding having stuff sound great. I really had to work, and yeah. I had to make so many things sound like shit. To that's then what figure, everyone does. To then, but I, mean, I I really had to learning. make them sound really shit. No, no, no. <laughs> um, 
you know, it's it's uh, that's a very tough question because I've been very lucky to be surrounded by some very talented people. So, awesome. It takes you know what what's the saying? It takes a village, right? Uh, it really took yeah. a village for me <laughs> to succeed. Uh, I've been a very fortunate young uh, person, but cool. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, that's super. tough. It is hard. I was even like, I don't know how I would answer that question. You have to just go, oh, like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, yeah, yeah. boom. It's, it's like, you know, giving your Grammy speech, you have to name yeah, 400 exactly, people. Exactly. You know? Just yeah. thank your wife and yeah. say goodnight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite reference track? Like if you go to a new studio or whatever, one song you put on to learn the room. Um, I sort of... That's a great question too. Um, I sort of, I sort of go. I put on that War on Drugs album um, quite often. The, um, you know, a better understanding or what the one that Sean Everett did. Okay. Um, the one that won uh, the Grammys, and and then I sort of just, I'm always adding new songs to my Spotify. Okay. I'm always adding new. So I sort of go down and I listen to things that I just want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go in and put on Steely Dan or like, yeah. you know, or whatever. Um, I love Steely Dan. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. No, I mean, there's no right answer to this question. Right. That's, whatever you like. It's you a know? tough one. I sort of, I sort of just put on, I, I need to make sure, like I was at Sunset Sound mm-hmm. um, like a couple of months ago and I went in and it was like, oh, great. They got, you know, these type of mains. It's going to sound great. Put on the mains. I was like. This is not going to fly. Um, so we then proceeded to figure out which near fields that we were going to pair with a sub right. that is going to be the, the you know, the, the client annihilator. Right, you know, right. the ones were like, wow. Yeah. Um, and so we just had to, whatever the tune was that we put on, I can't remember what we put on, but we just had to make sure that it like really hit hard. Right. Um, but I sort of just go in and I don't, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a t- that's, 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 I have no rhyme or reason to anything I do. Apparently, I'm just figuring that oh, out. Good. Oh, good. I'm just figuring that out. Something something that you know has a smooth top and and a, yeah. and a nice mid and sounds good. Yeah. Not too much low end yeah. and I mean at the end it's just something you're familiar with. It could right. sound like anything, right? But if you know, okay, I know this sounds like ass. Doesn't sound like ass here, <laughs> right? You know, then right. we're good. You know, well, whatever. I'm not going to put it on like Velvet Underground. Yeah, you know, even I mean, that's right. that's that's my favorite. But that's the point is if you are intimately familiar with that, that could be an answer for you, right? You know, like it's just about what you're. I mean, that's such a. It, it has such with. its own sound that, like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're going to these big studios, more often than not, you're going for these big sounds a lot of, of the time. So you have to sort of put on something that is that full range. Um, right. you know, and if you're doing a hip hop session, you know, I guess you got to put on some hip hop yeah, or you, you something with low end. Yeah. You're doing some yeah. rock and roll. You got to put on some rock and roll and yeah, um, for sure. You know, totally. what do you put on? I actually have a, um, this Australian band that I really like called carnival and they have a song. I think it's called new day and I'm still in that. It's well, it's, I like it. I mean, I'm f- super familiar with it. I've yeah, heard it yeah. a million times. But it also is a song that, like, it starts kind of quiet and mellow, and then it gets big and heavy in the choruses, and it, like, has and a it's big full range. range as well. Yeah. And there's, you know, low end, it's got top end. I know what it should sound like. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, but like I said, it could be 
you know, anything as long as you know. Like I worked with a hip hop engineer one time that was mixing a track and, you know, he wanted Oritones to mix on. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. But he was so familiar with Oritones that he got the low end perfect. Really? And then once he put it upstairs in the big speakers, it was the low end was spot on. Wow, wow. Because he's so familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. So that proves yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. It's about your own familiarity. Yeah, that's very it. true. Yeah. That's very true. So. That's, uh, that's, I wish I was there to see that. that <laughs> mixing <laughs> massive hip hop on yeah. Oritones. Exactly. Put it on the big boys and it yep. was, is knocking. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Because he cool. just knew how they should react. Yeah. You know, he's super familiar. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you've already given a few of them already, but the last question is what would be one tidbit for an upcoming engineer? Oh man. I mean, you just have to, you know, it might sound cliche to say, but you just have to do it every day. I mean, you have to love what you're doing. I, I, Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate to have found the thing that I love to do and, and I don't need to get rich by doing it. Um, but I, I do need to do it to be happy. Right. Um, so it's just, you just got to work on music every day. You have to, you have to start small and you have to work hard. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're trying to come up at one of these big studios, you have to, you have to sort of reserve yourself to, you know, I have to, I'm going to be cleaning. I'm going to be cleaning a lot. Yeah. I'm going to be doing things that aren't going to, be teaching me how to use ns10s or what all these things right you have to work your ass off yeah um which is what i did uh and you just have to you have to work your ass off and you have to take those hits you have to take those bad sessions you learn something from every session yeah you have to just stay in the game and and i've seen people come through and see that they have to do this hard work and just say this yeah. is, I do not want to do, I do not want to do this. Right. I'm going to find another path. And they end up not doing anything. Yeah. And I've you, seen it a lot. They just, if, if you just stay in the game, yeah. if you just keep making music, um, you know, you're going to keep getting better and better and better. And you're going to keep right. getting, um, if you have a good disposition, that is, if you're some mm-hmm. asshole, <laughs> You're not, no matter if you stay in it or not, you're right. probably not, unless you're yeah. supremely talented, you're not going to be right. in these calls. You have to be nice. You have to be a nice person. Yeah. You have to be a good person. You have to be loyal. Not a liar. You have to work your ass off. Right. And you just have to, you just have to make music every day. Yeah. You know, whether it's shitty music or great music, um, everything makes you better. Doing anything makes you better. Right. Just about the experience. Just, just exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Training your ears. Train. Oh. Oh, well, that's a good kick drum. That's a shitty kick drum. Right. Sometimes the shitty kick drum sounds better than the good yeah, kick drum. And, exactly. You know, you sometimes. don't know that unless you've recorded a thousand kick drums. Yep. You know? Sometimes the client wants the shitty kick drum. Right. You know, it's like, okay, that's. These cool. clients brought in, I, I swear, this Toys R Us <laughs> drum kit. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. And it was like, wow, that kick is really hitting. <laughs> it sounds great. Nice. I need to get one of those. Um, you know, awesome. but you don't, you don't know that shit unless you stay in the game. Yeah. And if you leave town and you go think you're going to yeah. go do it back in wherever you're from, mm-hmm. you're probably not. Right. So keep at it, really, yeah. honestly. Right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You've seen so, how many people have left town. You're like, 
I can't even count. I know. I know. I can't even count. They're not going to do anything. Sadly, not that they're, you know, not nice or talented or whatever, but oftentimes they they just. The the passion for it, the, you know. I was willing to do anything to stay in the game. Yeah. And, you know. I must have cleaned a thousand toilets. Yep, we all have. Like a thousand That's toilets. Part of the game. Yep. It was rough. But then after you did that, you went and talked to the assistant and got information and learned and whatever, you know. I'd be in there every night be like, oh yeah. What why'd you yeah. use why'd you do that? Why'd you yeah. would you how'd you would you EQ on this? Would you yeah. you know, and unless you're in the building, albeit cleaning toilets or putting up mics. Yeah. You're not going to be able to to gain that knowledge if you're not there. Thanks so much for listening to the show. As you know, I'm just getting this started, and I'd love your feedback on how I'm doing, if I should keep this going, what your thoughts are. Feel free to visit ProAudioProfiles.com and send me a message. Until next time.